pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the technological leper Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy? You know, I spent four glorious days in Los Angeles, and uh, then I came back to New Jersey, and two different problems with the computer happened where I can't upload anything and I can't record anything, and my car battery died. So I am really wondering why the hell did I come back? Why did I just stay in California? It's so much better there. But, uh, people, but people are crazy out there. I, you know, I like it just fine. Maybe that means I'm crazy too. But uh, I don't know. Some some day, I think Tracy and I are packing up the truck and moving to Beverly, as it were, because I, I, I like it out there. I'll, I'll be up in Portland, so we won't be, you know, at least we'll be on the same coast. That'll work. Yeah, we could, yeah, could just do the show from the same time zone once again, but there just on go. the opposite coast, yeah. That works for me. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, Rob, as, as you said, is having some technical problems. If the quality of this episode, audio-wise, isn't quite as high, blame, shut up. blame that on my machine. That's no, I'm telling people to shut up. Because oh. <laughs> we are muscling through this. So, um, but we are here to talk about some pretty exciting stuff today. I mean... I don't know if you've heard, folks, but Aquaman and Firestorm, they're in the news a bit. What? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, I always go back to this whole thing that when we started this, uh, you know, our websites, our characters were dead. Now they're friggin' superstars. Yep. Um, but before we get to that, we are going to thank our sponsor, In Stock Trades. If, folks, if you're not familiar with In Stock Trades, they are your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off. Yes, I said 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, for my item, I, I'm going to go back to the well. This is one I've done a number of times, folks. But you know what? Given that we're talking about the introduction of Firestorm on television, uh, getting exposed to more people than he probably has ever been, 
this is this is a perfect opportunity. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pimp Firestorm, the Nuclear Man trade paperback. It's reprinting his first appearance. It's a great introduction for someone who doesn't know the character, for someone who wants to learn more about him. If you found this podcast because you're a fan of the Flash or you're interested about the Justice League movie, you know this is this is the trade for you guys. It's uh, 176 pages. Full color, with the exception of the last issue, which is a reprint of something that never got printed, so it's in black and white. But it covers uh, his original series, issues 1 through 5 from the 1970s, and some of the backup stories from The Flash. And uh, great stuff. Jerry Conway, Al Milgram, George Perez, Klaus Jansen. Really? Did I just say that? I did. It's $17.99. You can get it for 42% off for $10.43. You can take that and read it and love it. Uh, I'm picking uh, well because part of the part of the thing that happened when I was out in Los Angeles is I got some drinks with Heath Corson, who is the screenwriter for Justice League: Throne of Atlantis. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a great guy, big Aquaman fan. We had a we had an absolute blast just nerding out about Aquaman in this really cool bar in uh, Santa Monica. So my pick is Justice League. Trade Paperback Volume 3, Throne of Atlantis, which, reprodu- which reprints Justice League 13 through 17, Aquaman 15 through 16, which is the whole Throne of Atlantis storyline. Written by Jeff Johns, art by Ivan Reese, Paul Pelletier, Tony S. Daniel, Joe Prado, and more featuring Claire Rodriguez. This was a great storyline, and of course, it is the basis for the upcoming animated movie in January. Uh, the normal price is $16.99, and like trade price is $9.85, 42% off. Tons of fun. If you, ha- I, I doubt any of you haven't picked it up, but if you haven't, get it or get it for a friend who thinks maybe Aquaman isn't so cool or something because this is a great, great storyline. Uh, great suggestion. Get it for a friend. Buy it for the library, too. There you go. Um, so, again, folks, go to InStockTrades.com, your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for 42% off, uh, for up to 42% off. Free shipping for orders of $50 or more. That's a nice little feature, too. So, uh, you just mentioned you were out in Santa Monica. And in California, and you're meeting with folks at Warner Brothers. It's kind of funny. The same day you were at the Warner Brothers office, you know, the guy who runs the Aquaman site, and as I understand, you you you, uh, you pitched a meeting about Aquaman. But anyway, um, <laughs> sure. The same day you're there in Warner Brothers, I'm live tweeting with Robbie Amell and Danielle Panabaker from the Flash Show. Yeah, that was cool. Send messages saw back and forth. How crazy is that? I mean, yeah. it's absolutely nuts. Very neat, very neat. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was out in Los Angeles for uh, work-related uh, things, where uh, I, and, and part of the stuff that I had to do is we went to Warner Brothers. Uh, now, Warner Brothers has a giant, you know, has a lot, of course, you know, where they actually make the movies. We didn't get to go there. We were on the office buildings, which was pretty boring, uh, but they do have lots of cool posters up on the wall. But I did get to go to the Paramount lot, and the Paramount lot is the lot, like the actual lot where they make the movies. And like we we drew through we drove through the gate and like that gate you can see in War of the Worlds the 1950s War of the Worlds movie and after we were done our meeting the guy said why don't you walk around and just see the place because we had some time between that and our next meeting so we walked around and like I got to like go to their New York facade you know where they have like several blocks of New York buildings oh cool and uh, you know you you walk by these other rooms and you see guys building stuff and i loved it i absolutely just totally nerded out i bought two t-shirts at the gift shop i didn't care i was like <laughs> you know i tried to maintain a professional composure because i was with my boss but for this instance i was like i don't care i'm nerding out i'm excited that i'm like on film history like where they make these movies so it was a ton of fun and um 
the hotel was great and getting to go to just even getting to be in the building at Warner Brothers, like having a guest pass with the Warner Brothers shield on it with my name on it was just so exciting. That's awesome. So we had a great, the meetings went great, but we also had a really great time and we will be, if all goes according to plan, going back next year. So I'm super, super excited. And hopefully next year I will get my meeting about Aquaman. Of course, right. (laughs) You and Jeff and Dan, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, whoever's in charge of the films. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now I have to ask because, you know, we're talking about nerding out. Paramount lot, any Star Trek stuff? Uh, Posters, anything? They have stuff, not, they don't have stuff out. I mean, because you're out, the whole thing is outside because it's all just a series of just, you know, outside walkways where. Uh, Sound stages, right? right. Yeah, sound stages, right. You don't get to see anything like that. So um, they have a gift shop where they have Star Trek y stuff and they have like anything related to like their marquee movies, like they have Godfather stuff and Mm. whatever. But uh, yeah, no, it's just. I just, I don't know. I love California. I, I, just, <laughs> I just don't know if I belong in New Jersey anymore. <laughs> you you do have a bit of a sort of California hippie vibe going. So, yeah, that could I don't know about you. a hippie, but I just, the weather, it's really the weather more than anything else. Because we were, the, the hotel we were at had a rooftop uh, bar where you could look out over the ocean. The hotel we were at is literally on the ocean, like right across the street from the ocean. So nice. me and my boss sat there with beards in our hand looking out over the water at the end of the day. And I'm like, this is awesome. I, I, I am uh, – I haven't – we got it. We've mentioned it a couple times on the show uh, previously about like you know the job I have now because it's not creative compared to what I was doing before. But um, I love this job. I am very, very fortunate that I landed at this place that I work at and they treat me very, very well. And – for this movie nerd, getting to do all that stuff that I got to do was just such a thrill. It really, really was. And, like, I am, like, I can't wait to go back next year. <laughs> I really got, like, <laughs> the whole year away. Like, oh, my God. But uh, it was just it was just a, a ton, a ton of fun. That's awesome, buddy. That is absolutely cool. I'm so happy for you. Well, um, so you want to talk about some of the, you know, like I said, Aquaman at first. I've been in the news a bit. Um, I guess they. First, do you want me to go first? Well, you know, maybe we should talk about in general. Like, um, let's talk about the slate. You know, DC or Warner Brothers has released the slate of films. Is that that's that's a good starting point? Yes. Uh, well, I got it right here in front of me. They're plan- They released a couple days ago, uh, actually October fifteenth. A ambitious is not even the word for it. Slate of DC films, and this is what they've got planned. 2016 is Batman v Superman, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and plus Suicide Squad. <laughs> a Suicide Squad movie. I don't know. I don't know if that was on anybody's radar. Suicide. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They've been talking oh, about it for a while. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, that one surprised me. 2017 Solo Wonder Woman and Justice League, a full-on Justice League movie. Yeah. 2018 Solo Flash movie, Solo Aquaman movie. What? <laughs> 2019 Shazam. Justice League 2, and then 2020 Solo Cyborg movie, and a new Green Lantern movie. And then apparently after that, they've also got Superman and Batman solo movies in the works. Uh, well, the, the Firestorm movie, just it, it fell off the card. I'm sure it's on there. It just kind of slipped. 2022. Right. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I am pressed most about this, and this is something we've talked about on the show and things I've said to other, to other people, is... The one area that DC could grab, uh, not area, like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like territory. The DC could grab from Marvel was having a female-led movie. Yes. Because Marvel has no female-led movies either 
on the horizon or even any plans for them. I mean, I think Kevin Feige was asked about it, and he sort of gave a non-answer answer of like, well, I, maybe, you know, uh, despite the fact that apparently there's a Black Widow script already finished, you know, and... Um, well, about a year or two ago, there was some talk that they were working on a, a female-led Marvel movie, and then that it just kind of disappeared, the discussion. Right. So now you've got DC, who has been behind Marvel this whole time and trying to find a way to catch up, is going to grab a little of that space that Marvel left, leave the money that Marvel's leaving on the table by putting out a Wonder Woman solo movie. Absolutely, she deserves it. And then in 2020, supposedly, a cyborg movie, which would be the first uh, non-white superhero movie since Hancock. And I don't even know if that counts because that was not a comic book based on a comic book. Um, So it's like DC is just grabbing that with both hands and good for them. Now, Mm -hmm. Cyborg as a whole movie, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't have thought that about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I was going to say Cyborg actually I think has a lot of potential to be very interesting. I don't think they've ever – this sounds bad. I don't know that they've produced a lot of interesting Cyborg comic books, but from a movie perspective – what did you say? No, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Cyborg as a as a solo comic book star has ever been much of anything. So. Yeah, but they could really do a great movie story about it. I mean, he's got a great tragic story. You know, the now his origin, I guess, will have already been told in the Justice League films by that point. I guess. So I don't, so know. I don't know. But it's interesting that his slide is the only one they like, kind of dressed up. Like the O is the looks like the gear symbol or something. Yeah. <laughs> All the other slides are pretty straightforward. <laughs> well, the Batman Superman one has the little bat in well, that thing, but but yeah. But, uh, but anyway, Aquaman, solo Aquaman in 2018. Well, wait, before we get to that, oh, yes. I, w- I want to say some things. Okay. We got, we're going to talk about Aquaman, no doubt about that. But, like, I think it's cute that they're doing a Green Lantern movie. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's cute. cute that they decided it's going to take 10 years for the stink to wear off the previous one. <laughs> you know, clearly, they didn't put that for 2017, 2016. No, no, they, they're going to say, we're going to hold that up for a while. Hopefully Ebola will have killed a great number of people, and the ones that are left will be too worried about that to think about that there was a terrible Green Lantern movie. <laughs> Best uh, case scenario. The Shazam film, I think, assuming they can get a really strong child actor, could be really interesting. That could be an exciting project. I would be very interested to see... How where they take that? I mean, if they focus on the magic and they focus on the kid aspect, that could be a lot of fun. Well, they've already cast what's his name as Black uh, the Rock as Black Adam, which yep. is fantastic casting. So I'm like, okay, sounds sounds good so far. Well, he's been he's been lobbying for that role yeah, I think, since yeah. birth. Um, yeah. He's been pushing for that. Now, the, the biggest sort of one that had a lot of people scratching their heads is the Flash, because. As as apparently, I, I, at least as I understand it, I'm, this is, I'm not speaking as gospel, but this Flash movie will be a different Flash than the yeah, Flash that's on different TV. Different actor and everything. Yep. 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 Which is sort of confusing for a shared universe, you know, for because you've got the shared universe on TV and you've got the shared universe in the movies. Right. So it is sort of confusing, and it's got some people scratching heads. It's got some people wondering if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Uh, our buddy Siskoid, who helps out with the Hero Points podcast, he's one of our co-hosts on there on this network did a really interesting post on his blog about how it's a good idea that they're separating these two universes. I read that, and I, I've been quoting that to other people as to okay. why I think it's a good idea. Yeah, they, he pointed out that Marvel has really kind of struggled with sharing their universe across TV and the movies because, you know, like Agents of Atlas, or not Agents of Atlas, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of like will make a claim on a character. But wait, they want to use them in a movie, and so there's sort of a struggle for who gets to claim which characters. Right, and the TV's always going to lose in those battles. Always Absolutely true. Movie. Absolutely true. So um, it's interesting. Uh, it's You know, I 
the Flash TV show, I mean, it's only, what, three episodes in, but it has set the bar really high. So it'll be interesting to see what they, they can pull off here after Flash has got four years under his belt running around TV. So. Yeah, I mean, you're, I could see why you would say, you know, you don't want to have to be limited to, well, the TV show introduced him, blah, 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 because you just don't want to deal with that. And, it's an, and again, it's another way of doing something different than the way Marvel is doing it. It did seem a little confusing that the Flash show, like, literally just started. And then they're announcing the movie. You would think they maybe could have put some some air between those two releases. Um, but short of that, I think it makes a lot of sense to have a coherent TV universe and a different movie universe. I think that that's totally workable. Um, well, that's, I, go ahead. No, no, no. I just think that that makes a whole lot of sense. And you could even then, if you wanted to get real ambitious, you could then do Aquaman on TV and be like, well, this is separate then. You could do Batman on TV, you know, or whatever. Well, they are doing Batman on TV. Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) But I was actually – where I was going to go is that means we could get a Superman TV show again. Right. You know, they could do – not Smallville necessarily or heck, I don't know. Maybe they could figure out a way to – they probably couldn't tie Smallville and Arrow together just because there's been so many overlapping characters. Yeah. But they could do something. So it's exciting times, very exciting times. Yeah. So, all right, we, we can talk to – oh, Suicide Squad. By the way, that one's interesting because they have built up a lot of following of Suicide Squad through the TV shows, through, um, through Smallville. They had Suicide Squad was featured pretty heavily in there at different points. Uh, Suicide Squad has been featured in Arrow. Pretty, so people are becoming more familiar with characters like Deadshot and things like that. Right, right, right. And I was. So, well, I was going to say, and then there's the whole video game stuff with all the Batman Arkham games mm-hmm. there's been a lot of Suicide Squad type stuff rolled into there, either individual characters or they're slowly building to it, they've done that animated movie now, so I think there's enough out there where they could do a movie with someone like Deadshot they could bring in a couple of Batman foes that people already know, so there's some familiarity there, You're like a Poison Ivy maybe or even a even a Riddler I don't think you'd want the Joker, but I mean you could put a number, Harlequin, you know, a number of different Batman characters that people know to, to make that movie successful uh, I mean, Black Manta is in the current book, the current Suicide Squad book, and I, I think he's a, probably a, a fairly hard sell in live action, but but from what we heard of our sources, ahem, that uh, Black Manta is going to be in the Aquaman movie, so oh, that well, might he's not only, be... He's only got two villains. So. He's only got two villains, right? Uh, well, he's got three, because, well, supposedly the vi- the villains will, they will also be the trench, or they're going to be in there as well. Oh, wow. Uh, but you could do Black Mana in Suicide Squad, because by then, uh, Aquaman will have appeared in Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. and then you could have him be in Aquaman a couple years later. You know, you could lay the groundwork for that. Now, and they did do Black Mana on Smallville. Briefly, one shot of him, and he didn't talk, but they did do him. Hmm. Um, okay. So, you know, I, I don't put anything past anybody anymore. I really don't. The fact that I'm looking at this slate here, and there's going to be a solo Aquaman movie, and then the fact that the Guardians of the Galaxy was Marvel's number one movie of this year, <laughs> there's nothing anymore that's, like, that's too outlandish. You know, right. it just doesn't. Brother, I hear Brother Power of the Geeks on the slate for 2021. Why not, you know? He's, he's teaming up with... Um... Oh, man, I lost it. I had I, <laughs> I was going for really obscure, and I'm like, I got nothing. Oh, well. but anyway, all right. So, so I I wanted to cover the full gambit before we got into the art individual characters. But let's do it. Let's talk about Aquaman now. Well, yeah, they said there's going to be an Aquaman movie. They don't have a director. They don't have anything. But Jason Momoa is finally going around and can comment. Yes, he officially is Aquaman. He tweeted a picture of himself holding uh, Aquaman number zero by Peter David at a Comic Con, which. 
Uh, I had some fun with on the Shrine earlier the week because I substituted several other covers from Aquaman Comics that I think he could use as reference. I hope he sees it. Um, <laughs> but be is, realistic about it. I mean, the, the, the Peter David Aquaman looks more like him yeah, than no, no, no. any other Aquaman. Yeah, no, I, totally. I'm just saying let's just mix it up. Let's just not make it that. But anyway, here's his quote about, about Aquaman. He says, listen, I was asked to play it. You know, you audition and stuff like that, but the fact is you've got to keep it quiet. You know what I mean. I was just trying to respect Warner Brothers and everyone's wishes. I'm really happy. I don't have to be quiet anymore because that's really hard for me. Momoa added, I don't even know when we're shooting yet, but it looks like 2016 or 17, so there's plenty of time. Uh, He was asked if his education in marine biology would be helpful preparing the role. Yeah, I did go to school for marine biology, but the cool thing is the greatest thing for me is Polynesians are God's uh, Kahuali, Maui, all these water gods. It was really cool and honored to be playing a water character. And there's not too many brown superheroes. I'm really looking forward to representing the Polynesians, the natives. He continued, my family are some of the greatest watermen on earth. I'm not, but I'm going to train with them. It's really an honor just being a Polynesian. And water is the most important thing in the world, and we all know it. It's cool to be part of DC's universe. I'm really excited to be with Warner Brothers. Hopefully when everyone likes it. And Zack Snyder is a genius. So I'm really excited to be hanging out with him. So that's, I mean, it's a, that's fairly, you know, you know, nothing terribly exciting one way or the other uh, in terms of, you know, he's not making any news or whatever. But he can finally comment he is going to be Aquaman. Uh, people have been asking me all over the place, what do I think about this role, uh, this casting? We talked about it. It's all going to depend on the take. If the take of him in the movie is total Peter David, I'm going to be pretty, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed because it's going to be Aquaman in a movie. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, that the Peter David version is not the one I would go with, but if he's a mixture of all the versions, if he's a little of the Jeff Johns and a little of the Peter David and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, great, you know. And it's kind of like if the if the if how he's written isn't good, it won't matter who's playing him because I've seen great actors struggle with bad lines, you know, bad mm-hmm. got a bad script. Meryl Streep can't get you through if the script is bad enough. So. Um, if the script is good and it's solid and it's a well-made movie, I think Momoa will do just fine. And, you know, on the realistic side, they do have to deal with the perceptions of him being a lame character. They still do. Mm-hmm. And one way to immediately get around that is to cast one of the big badasses in Hollywood. And that's Jason Momoa. I mean, no one is going to laugh at that guy. No one. Right. So that's a great way of sort of just – you're not even having to um, – Get into that debate, you know. The minute you see him on screen come out of the water with his giant, you know, his his pecs that are like the size of my head, <laughs> you're not going to be. You, no one is laughing at that guy. No one. So that that helps absolve. Uh, just get over that right at the beginning. So I, I can't believe I'm going to be seeing a Aquaman solo movie. That's, I, I mean, I'll, by then I'll be by 2018. I'll be old enough to get in for a senior discount, which will be great. Still. <laughs> It, I, I could not be more excited. I really couldn't be. And the idea that, like, next year is going to be Star Wars, 2016 is Justice League, and then 2018 is Aquaman. It's just too much. It's just like the, 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 the geeks haven't heard of the Earth, really. We, we really have. Uh, we, we, thank goodness everyone in Hollywood is a geek, because so. <laughs> that's apparently what's happening. Yep. I, I'm excited, obviously, about all I, I, you know, I'm not going to repeat everything you said, but I would say... If we get the Peter David version of Aquaman without the hook on the hand, I'm fine with it. You know, I enjoy the hook that. in the hand is kind of the deal breaker for me. <laughs> right, I don't think we're going to get the hook in the hand. No, I don't know. think so. Um, it just, it, well, it's visually cool in a comic, and you know, sort of tells you what you need to know visually. I, I think 
Momoa is going to take care of that. He doesn't need the hand. He's big enough that you're going to go, that's Aquaman. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm fine. I like that version of Aquaman, you know, the angry one, the, you know, the version that doesn't take crap from anyone. I see this as being, you know, the kind of guy that comes in and goes, I rule 75% of this planet, back the hell off, right. you know, quit messing with my junk. And that, that's how I... I'm I hope using, that's not a line in the movie. I'm using better words than I want to use. Most of the ones I want to use would get the explicit text. So. Okay. But anyway, I, I, I saw him in Stargate Atlantis. I followed that show. Um, I think he's a great actor. And I saw him at Dragon Con one time. I think, I'm excited. I think this is going to be super cool. Yeah, I mean, he was fine in, in Conan. The, the problems with Conan are the movie, not him. I thought mm-hmm. he was fine. So, you know. But again, I... No matter how, no matter how, whatever version they use, even if it's like ninety percent Peter David, and I would argue, I would say, I'd say the Jeff Johns version of Aquaman doesn't really take any crap either. Um, but even if it is like mostly the Peter David version, I am still going to be in a movie theater looking at Aquaman. Mm-hmm. That that has, in, you know, he's been around seventy. It'll be seventy years by the time Justice League, uh, by the time Batman v Superman comes out. Uh, no, seventy seventy five, seventy five years. And that'll just be too – I'll just be too excited. So however – whatever my level of disappointment will be, it's, it's only – it can't go below a certain threshold because it's still going to be – I'm looking at Aquaman in a movie. And in a couple of years, he's going to have a solo movie, which is just crazy. Just absolutely, awesome. absolutely crazy. And then, and then I'm forgetting Throne of Atlantis, which comes out in January, which uh, I've, the bits I've seen look great. And after talking to Heath – uh, I am totally confident because he loves Aquaman, and he to me he got he got it, and he actually told me I'm not going to reveal what they are. He told me about some other pitches he's making for other comics, like taking some other DC characters that have yet to be in the New Fifty Two and sort of doing his version of them, and they're great. I really <laughs> like the ideas. So I, I'm you know next year is going to be Throne of Atlantis. I don't mean to discount that's going to be big too because. Like that was always part of well, that all that consternation that when Aquaman was replaced in Justice League War, DC had that plan all along. That that's why they bumped him out of War was because they knew they were going to give him a solo movie basically later on, but they just couldn't announce that. So um, you know, it, this is this is the best time it has probably ever been to be an Aquaman fan, probably ever. Maybe you could say 1968 when he had his own TV series that was, and he had like a solo book plus Justice League. But certainly in most people's lifetimes, most of the people that are listening to this, this is the best time it has ever been to be an Aquaman fan. Yeah. Two, two monthly books on the stands, too. Yeah. Yeah, two months, right. Two monthly <laughs> books and in Justice League and an animated movie and a solo movie. I just, you know, you can't, I don't know, there's what, what there else is really even to do. Well, since we're talking shorter term now versus 2020, 2018, you know, you're saying the, the movie's coming out. Let's talk short term about Firestorm. Um, we have seen now, and sorry if you're a couple episodes behind on The Flash, folks. This is going to be some spoilers. So far on The Flash already. <laughs> if you're already, a couple episodes behind on Flash, you haven't seen any of the show yet. That's tr- Well, you might have seen the premiere because <laughs> there's been three. <laughs> I know. But there's only so many you can be behind. That's true. Where you actually technically haven't seen the show. That's true. Well, so far in episode two, we got Multiplex, one of Firestorm's major villains. Episode three gave us Ronnie Raymond himself. And we got to see quite a bit of him. And now they've announced in December, even before we get Throne of Atlantis, we're going to get Firestorm on television. Woo! Yes, I can't wait. So they, you know, they've kind of hinted around at what he's going to look like. Uh, apparently, when he appears at first, well, we'll, we'll we'll do this chronologically. Okay. 
So, Multiplex was in episode two. It was uh, Danton Black, not the New 52 naming of Dalton Black, but Danton Black. He was, he got his powers same way as the Flash through the, um, the, the, the particle accelerator explosion. He had the ability to replicate himself, and as he replicated himself further, they didn't get smaller like they do in the comics, but still. He was able to produce an army of these guys. Uh, did you see the episode, by the way? Okay, when the scene where just the army of guys comes flooding at the Flash is just amazing. I mean, they really showed some things you can do with multiple people that, you know, it works in a comic, but wow, is it impressive. It, it, it looked really cool. It really did. Just a flood of these dudes running into the Flash. Like, oh, my God. So I think the actor did a nice job. Uh, Michael Smith, he didn't get a lot of chance to really develop. Um, they changed his story a little bit where he was – you know, he was doing all this because of what happened to his, uh, I think it was his wife. Is that right? Or was it a girlfriend? Wife? I don't remember. Anyway. And so it wasn't just a lab assistant, Professor Shine, but that's fine. You know, they got it out there. They got the name out there. Um, Cisco gave him the name, Multiplex at the end. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And also, being that he's a, you know, he did die at the end. But being a multiple producing guy, all you really got to say is that final version that died wasn't the last one. That was, sure. you know, that was a duplicate, whatever. Easily can bring him back. So, if nothing else, it was very, very exciting seeing this in real life, in real action. Let's, uh, let's move, jump forward a week to what I really want to talk about, which was the premiere of Robbie Amell as Ronnie Raymond. We got to see him in flashback scenes where he was there with his fiance, played by Danielle Panabaker, who's uh, Caitlin Snow. They had some very, had, like, it was a very brief but touching, tender moment, you know, a couple of them. So, you, you really got, I totally bought them as a couple. And I totally bought Ronnie Raymond and, and Caitlin Snow as a couple, which is interesting because they were never a couple in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, Firestorm and Killer Frost have never been paired up, but I totally bought it here. And I bought him as Ronnie Raymond. You know, he was nice. He was sort of heroic. He was self-sacrificing. He had a sense of humor. He, they changed one aspect of him because in the comics he's a dumb jock. But here they made him the lead engineer on the Particle Accelerator Project. That's yeah, quite a big change. But you know what? It's you really get the sense that he's still more like a hardworking mechanic mm-hmm. than like a number crunching engineer. That was the sense, even though it was real brief and there were just bare, bare moments. He's got the sleeves rolled up. I couldn't tell whether he's wearing work boots or just uh, or their brown shoes. I couldn't quite tell. But you really get the sense he's more of a, a hands-on guy than the guy who sits down and does all these calculations. Like I see him more. Maybe he was more of a foreman at a construction site, really kind of thing. And maybe I'm just projecting too much. But that's the sense I got. And from the interviews I've read with Robbie Amell, you kind of get that sense, too, that he's more of a he does what the the, the doctor guy tells him to do. Um, mm. I, can't, I forget the, the name of the, the secret bad guy, leader guy. Uh, played by Ed. You Tom, know? Yeah, Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah, I forget yeah. the character's name, too. But he is, so Robbie Amell said he gets the sense that he's more like he does what that guy says, rather than you know the, the super brainy guy. So, um... In the scene where, you know, he died, he quote-unquote died, it was really, it was heart-wrenching. I really felt bad for Daniel Panabaker's character. You know, Caitlin Snow, I totally, again, bought it. So, um, it's very Dr. Manhattan-y, that origin. Um, it, yeah, it could be, yeah. Now, it kind of depends on what's going to happen. That's making, I, I've sort of made that assumption, too, where if he sort of is gone for several months and then reforms himself, it does feel sort of Dr. Manhattan-y. And, you know, is that the worst thing ever? Oh no, I don't. Yeah, I don't mean it as a bad thing. I just, I just the, the parallels were, were immediate to me as I was watching it. Oh, got trapped inside. Okay, well, yeah, I could see that. Um, the people outside, you know, like the people, like, oh my god, he's trapped in there. That kind of, 
that, that that part of Doctor Man, that part of the Watchmen story was like just really stuck with me of like being outside and knowing that guy inside, like just mm-hmm. that moment where you can't, you know, you're both sharing this moment, but yet you're separated by this thing, and you know this person on the other side of this glass is about to be immolated. Right. Uh, that had that moment, which I thought gave it some extra pathos, as opposed to just Ronnie stumbling in there by himself. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, there's a question too: is where does Do- where's Professor Stein fit in? Right, this? right, right. Um, now they've cast Professor, Professor Stein as well, Victor Garber, who's probably uh, best known for either Titanic or Alias. If, you, if you're not familiar with him, uh, look him up. You'll go you, the minute you see his face, you go, oh. Even if you haven't seen Titanic or Alias, you're going to go, oh, I've seen that guy in a hundred things. So he's an amazing actor, also uh, a Tony Award winning actor. You yep. know. I mean, so some people are saying, is you know, this going to be a song and dance show? Um, so the question is, does Professor Stein come in in a flashback, like he's also inside the particle accelerator right now when Ronnie died? Is that how they fuse, or will something? Will Professor Stein be on the project and Ronnie's essence merges with them? You know, we we just don't know at this point, but we do know that we will find out in December. Uh, uh, Robbie Mel did reveal all this in an interview. He said that Victor Garber will be there. They apparently the way the body is going to work is the body will always be Robbie Mel as Firestorm, but rather than the floating head and the voice speaking to him, the Firestorm body will be controlled by either Professor Stein or Ronnie Raymond at different points. Hmm. So he's actually looking at uh, Victor uh, Garber's body language right now. Like he's trying to study Victor Garber's body language to act like Victor Garber. So I'm assuming you'll have Victor Garber doing a voiceover at that point, too. So, you know, Firestorm would sort of, like, be, the body will stay the same, but we'll have different people driving the body at different points. Hmm. That's, how he's, that's how he's explaining it. Uh, he's, but he says when he shows up in December, you're not going to recognize him. He's, uh, there's going to be fire bursting in his hands and flames in his head. And, uh, and then he, it'll be a little bit before he turns back into Ronnie. So that's that's what we know so far. We know it's going to be December. I believe it's episode twelve. Um, we know that's when Garber premieres is episode twelve. We don't know if that's the same point Firestorm premieres, but it seems sort of logical. So yeah. And Robbie Mel mentioned he's uh, he's got some experience doing some of this stuff with the powers because he was on the show called The Tomorrow People, which right. is a, which is a remake of one of my favorite British shows as a kid. Really love it. But he says so some of his training using his telekinesis and Tomorrow People's worked out well for this with his blast. He says that they've given Firestorm a ton of powers. He can't say what yet, but he says it's going to be difficult for pretty much anybody to go up against Firestorm. And I, you do get the impression from the interview that Firestorm will be fighting the Flash rather than fighting side by side, at least in the first episode. Which makes sense, you know. Somebody with power shows up. There's always a fa- there's always a misunderstanding, <laughs> right? So, um, it's ambitious. This show is very ambitious. I tell you, I mean, we I mean, they're doing seen, the Atom. They're doing Firestorm. Yeah, that's pretty big. We've seen a lot of CGI with Multiplex already. We've seen a lot of CGI with the Myth. So they're not afraid of spending the money, you know, on the show. Which is one of the big questions is always like Firestorm's going to be an expensive character to do. Well. They're spending the money already, so we know they can do it. We've seen shots of Robbie Amell with his face all dotted up for, um, like, facial, uh, what do you call it, facial capture or motion capture stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we've seen him with that. He's got a headband on, too. He says he has to wear that for the uh, for the flames, so that's cool. And uh, Oh, one of the cool things, too, that – remember the big vault door that goes into the particle accelerator room? Yes, yes. On the door – I didn't even notice this. Other folks had to tell me – on the door is the symbol of Firestorm. Firestorm symbol yep. on the door. Yep. So very exciting. I I think Robbie Mel did a great job. I really do. He he felt like a very genuine guy, and he looks a, a, he looks different enough from his cousin that you're not going. Oh come on, it's that Arrow dude's cousin. 
you know, because uh, if you look at him, you, you have to like stare at him for a while till you go, oh yeah, I see it. He is an ML. And he's not. Uh, he's not ripped the way his his cousin is, but nobody. He hasn't taken his shirt off. I don't know. Maybe he is. <laughs> I'm not asking either. <laughs> But I, I again, I I really took to him as Ronnie Raymond, and I think it worked for me. And even though there is the big departure of him being obviously a lot more brainy than our Ronnie, I think it's okay. I'm I'm going on the assumption it's more of a like I said a, a highly skilled mechanic, which would really work for Ronnie. If Ronnie had gone on out of college and become a, a like a, a car mechanic or a foreman on a construction project, we would totally would have bought that. Mm-hmm. We totally oh, yeah. would have believed that. So I'm I'm going with that for now until I'm told otherwise. So, December, so December Firestorm, what, January, Throne of Atlantis, 2018, Aquaman movie. Well, I guess before that we get a Justice League movie. Well, Dawn of... Uh, Batman v. Batman yeah. v. Superman, yeah. Sorry, yep. So, exciting times to be a fire and water fan, my friends. Right, that's right. And they owe it all to us. Really, I mean, it's true. I mean, you think about it. Um, the show premiered in August of 2011. September. September 2011. So really, I think even though we hadn't started, I think we're probably the reason they got New 52 launch books. I think um, so. I think, I think it's think fair. I got the safe bet. Yep. And then Warner Brothers, you know, obviously they're listening to the show, which is why we've got the movie and Firestorm and the TV show. So, yeah. Hey. Well, I, I was pounding the table when I was there, so <laughs> made my voice heard. So now I'm just thinking with, you know, with me doing this Ultraverse podcast, I'm thinking that that's going to finally get Marvel off their keister and they'll start publishing <laughs> that stuff again. And, um, you know, hey, guys, if you have any other, like, small independent projects you want us to pick up that you really think could use a boost, write us. You know, we'll talk about it on the show. So. We can't promise a movie, but we can at least promise a TV series. Right. I mean, it seems reasonable that, you know, the Arak Son of Thunder movie, you know, <laughs> once we start talking about it, it's going to be green-lighted. I mean, I have no doubt. I'd see that. <laughs> So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for now. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Fire and Water podcast. Um, you can find I'm, I'm, my name is uh, Irredeemable Shag. You can find me at firestormfan.com. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, and Tumblr. You can also find me over at the Ultraverse Network and uh, also at the Legion of Superloggers. Uh, Rob, where can they find you? Uh, AquamanShrine.net on Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter. And if you want to email the show. It's firewaterpodcast.comcast.net, and the Tumblr is fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Awesome. Folks, uh, until next time, fan the flame and ride the wave. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be Catch them in a bubble Or even torch their hair Stand for truth and justice In sea, on land, in air Firestorm and Aquaman They make a super pair Aquaman and Firestorm Super friends forever Yeah! Farewell!